0: Where we are going to go this evening is love. So let's start off in Matthew chapter 22. Starting in verse 34. Matthew 22, verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. What I'm going to share tonight came out of a little while back. I was just reading through this scripture. And, you know, sometimes you'll be reading past something that you've read a hundred times before and all of a sudden something in it feels like it's got something for you. Dad said it on Sunday, but it feels pregnant, like it feels like it's ready to give to you a new life or a new understanding. When I read this again, that word hang, to use that word, it hung kind of apart from the rest of the words. And so I went and the first thing I did, and this is kind of usually the first thing I do when a word sticks out to me, is I went and looked it up in Greek. That's it. I'm not going to attempt to say it. I'll spell it so that it'll be on the recording. K-R-E-M-A-N-N-Y-M-I. What that word means in Greek is, its literal translation is to prop up or to hold up. So what Jesus is telling us at the, kind of at the outset of these two great commandments is, if you obey these two, you will obey the fullness of what's contained in the law. Um, He's telling us that when God gave us these two commandments, everything else he's told us falls underneath what is revealed. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you'll walk in accordance with these two, you will walk righteously with the Lord. Um, And I thought that was really cool. There's a whole lot of rules that sometimes we try to build up for how to walk correctly as a Christian even, even in the New Testament understanding that we have of an indwelling Holy Spirit we still build up these rules that are like I've got to do this or I'm not doing right in my spiritual walk and we just have this tendency to make rules of what we're doing right and Jesus makes it so simple love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind and strength so you, you do that when you're doing good love your neighbor as yourself you do that one You're doing good. And when you do those, so much of the things in your life that you seem to struggle with that have rules about fall into line underneath those two. They stop being struggles and just being things that naturally occur within your walk of life. One of the great things about Blue Letter Bible is they not only give you the definitions, but you can begin to open it up and see the context in which these words would be used. And... Within that context description of this word came something that was one of those moments where it touched everything that I know about the Lord. This word, K-R-E-M-A-N-N-Y-M-I, was also the word in, within the Roman culture that they used for hanging on a cross. And when I read that, it was like, I don't know all that this means in my life right now, but something definitely changed. Because... What immediately came into my mind is a picture of the cross and Jesus on it. He is the fullness of all the law and prophets. So on these two hang all the law and prophets. We get this picture now all of a sudden. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. This picture kind of emerged in my heart and suddenly my understanding of even the crucifixion, even what was taking place on that day began to transform. Mm -hmm. Because we tend to think that Jesus was crucified by the Jews. They brought him up before Pilate, and Pilate didn't find anything wrong with him, but he also didn't want to cause a riot. So he allowed Jesus to be crucified because of their choice. He then was sent into the uh, armory, Where the Roman soldiers are, they stripped him of all his clothes, put this scarlet robe on him, mocked him, gave him a crown of thorns, and then they drug him out and whipped him, and then they handed him a cross beam and and said, here, climb up this hill. Then they laid him on the ground, nailed him to that beam, nailed his feet, and stood him up. I, I have always thought that Jesus was crucified by the Jews and Romans. But when I began to get this picture, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The Lord began to open a new understanding to me, and it's one that I'm still trying to like fully wrap my mind around. But it's one that is, I know that it's true because it makes sense of so many other scriptures that I've kind of struggled with for a long time. But instead of Jesus being crucified by the Jews or the Romans, Jesus was crucified by love. That kind of staggered me for a second. It caused me to question, what is love? I just began to imagine this picture of Jesus, just his walk from, from baptism to the cross. At any point, you know, standing up on this hill, as he crossed, I walked over the crest of the hill to head down to the banks of the Jordan, and he saw John there. Jesus had a choice. He could either deny who he was or he could obey his father. It was obedience that brought down the indwelling Holy Spirit. Jesus loved his father. So he walked in obedience with what his father said. He walked down and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and dwelled him. And then he tells us in John chapter 5, everything I've done over the last three and a half years, I've done because my father either showed it to me or spoke it to me. He spoke and did those things because he loved his father. But at any point in that ministry, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the lawyers all began to come against him, seeking to put him in jail and then seeking to kill him, Jesus the carpenter, Jesus the man possessed free will and could have chosen to save himself. But he chose love. He kept forward on this path that was surely going to lead to the cross. He... uh, was there in the garden praying that this cup would leave him you know that he wouldn't have to be nailed to a tree whipped till his insides were falling out you know that's could you imagine being having the revelation and understanding that tomorrow you would die this death the staggering thing to me to understand is god loved us to, enough to write that plan but jesus loved his father in enough and us enough to choose that plan. Because from the garden, when he asked that it could be removed, till he was in front of the Sanhedrin, till he was in front of Pilate, he had so many opportunities to say, no, I'm not the son of God. I've been putting you all on. And this has been some form of wizardry by which I've done all this stuff. And I'm just going to go off and be myself, live to a ripe old age, you know. In his free will, this option was always before him. Jesus of Nazareth, the carpenter, could have saved himself by denying who he was. Essentially loving himself more than his father and loving himself more than us. But he didn't. And then he's there on the cross. To so imagine the Son of God, bleeding, dying. Within him the power to call down all of the angels. All of the heavenly hosts to take him off that cross raise him up and seat him, him as king and prince and lord over all of this earth. That could have happened in that moment. But Jesus, the son of God, didn't choose to be who he was in that moment either. Instead, Jesus, the lamb, chose love. So it is a staggering understanding to realize that it was love that crucified Jesus. And I, I didn't really know how to process that. What does that mean for me? If love crucified Christ and that love's in me, what does that mean for me? I was trying to write about this and process it the other day and I was like Lord, how am I going to understand this? And he took me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's start in verse 6. For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light. For God who commanded The light to shine out of the darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. In these two verses, always bearing about, in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. This love that brought about the death of Christ, what Paul is telling us, is we bear about that death in us. That loving The Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves will bring us into a place of self-sacrifice. Which understanding that it is love that crucified Jesus, we begin to understand fully what it means that Jesus self-sacrificed himself for all of our sins. Does that make sense? And that that life of Christ, that love that drew him into that place is the love that's in us. And it's going to draw us into the same viewpoint, the same outlook on the world. The opportunity to go pray for people. That is an opportunity to sacrifice myself in the name of love. Loving my father, the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength that I would obey Him. And loving my neighbor as myself, knowing that the God that loves me wants to love them too. These two will always bring us into the same position. When I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, And when I love my neighbor as myself, I'm brought into a place where I am, as Paul says, is kind of odd as it is, I'm dead unto myself. But I'm alive unto the life of Christ. That's what he's telling us. I bear about this death that was brought about by love in my body that through the life of self-sacrifice comes the life that Jesus lived. It's kind of a deep shift in me. You know, another verse that I had never really understood what it meant and what it looked like. And it's in Matthew, it's in Mark, and it's in Luke. When Jesus calls all of his disciples together, and he says, if you would follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily. What did he mean when he said, carry your cross? You know, we see the guys who have fully given over their life to the literal expression of this verse, carrying the cross down the side of the road. That's one understanding of what this verse means. For me, what changed when I came to understand that Jesus was crucified by love was love was the cross of Christ. Love is what he picked up every day. Love is what he carried with him. Love that would cause him to deny himself every day when he could to deny self-love and choose what the Father had for him. That's what it means for us. To rise daily and say, "I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I love my neighbor as myself." Whatever the Holy Spirit leads me in in the manifestation of these two commandments today, I will obey. That's how we carry the cross of of Christ. That's how we deny ourselves. There's something that He's shown me, and I think we've understood it as a part of the church, as we've ta- uh, this church, as we've taught and explored what the indwelling Holy Spirit means for us and what walking in the Spirit means. There's a spiritual law, that's how the Lord put it in my heart, that it says where there is no obedience, there is no love. If I say I love God and then the Spirit of God in me asks me to do something, gives me a revelation, gives me a vision, shows me explicitly what I am to do, what my next step in faith is, and I don't choose to do that. My actions say, I love myself more. And this isn't love. This is sin. I am living in disobedience to the Lord. But if the spirit within me comes and says, do this. This is your next step. Again, I'm confessing I love God. He comes and tells me what to do. And I go and do it. Then my mouth saying I love God and my actions make agreement. That I love the Lord. This was the example of Jesus. Everything about him lived in agreement with the Holy Spirit that dwelt within him. In the confession that I and my Father are one. I love my Father and my Father loves me. That's why what Jesus said to us. That's why everything that he told us has weight. That's why it's valid for our life. When he tells us in John 14, he says... No greater love hath any man than this, but that he lay down his life for his friends. How quickly we'd have thrown that understanding, that powerful knowledge of the nature of God out the window if Jesus had stood with Pilate and denied himself, walked off and lived to 80, 90, 100 years old. Those words would have no weight, no pull, no effect on our life. So obedience will always be evident. Where there is love. And it's kind of a hard thing to it caused within me a, a grappling, a, a, a real examination of my walk with the Lord. Does my walk say, my actions make agreement with the confession of my mouth? If it doesn't, I'm a hypocrite and a sinner. If it does, then I am living in accordance righteously with these two greatest commandments. And because I'm living in accordance with these two greatest commandments, everything that is true in the Spirit, everything that is a spiritual law in heaven, there is no sickness. There is no bondage. There is no confusion of identity. The glory of God is ever increasing and fully evident. These laws that exist in heaven are also made manifest in my life. I'm living in accordance with them. But if I don't obey, then then I confess openly through my actions. Actions speak louder than words. Like we wouldn't repeat that cliche if it weren't true. But if I don't live in obedience with the Spirit, my actions confess, I love me a lot. I really love me. I love all of my strongholds, as Dad's been teaching us about. I love my shortcomings. I love my lack of faith. I love my disobedience. So it causes, like, to understand, to really to understand that on all of these, then on these two hang all the law and prophets. That Christ died because he loved his Father and because he loved us. Imagine the moment when, this kind of really shook me also, to understand that it was his love for his Father that put him on the cross, but it was his love for us that held him there when his Father turned his face away. Coming into this understanding it was a real reality check for me. And it, it's still a supernatural reality check. With Every revelation with every new understanding, you realize it touches everything you know. It takes a while to process what it fully means for your life. For me to understand, and th- this is something he's been talking to me a while, about living a unified life. Not living a life that I am slightly different or any different given my circumstance or environment, but always living as the same man. And I never knew where I would kind of find the strength to do that because it's so easy. You know, we so easily shape ourselves into whatever environment it is that we're in. We learn how to navigate situations, navigate environments in the path of least resistance it just happens naturally within us without making a conscious choice and i always wanted to live this unified life but and i never knew the foothold and i never knew the step into it but i feel like with underst- with this understanding it's as simple as loving the lord i will love the lord my god with all my heart soul mind and strength and i'll love my neighbor as myself first and foremost Because if we are committed to these two, giving ourselves and submitting ourselves to them, I will always be the image and the express glory of my Father no matter what situation I'm in. Because I love Him more than I love myself, I will allow Him to be who He is through me at all times. Being immediate in my obedience to speak and to do what He gives me to do. Trusting that the love that Christ displayed for His Father and for us on the cross will be evident through my life as I live in obedience to the Spirit in me. Father, we thank You for giving us the Holy Spirit who constantly teaches us, constantly brings us into new understanding, into the depth of Your Word. Just uh, pray that You would draw us into a place where our lives, our actions, our words, everything about us would make agreement in this confession that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and that we love our neighbor as ourselves. I just pray a blessing over each one that is in this room. I pray for breakthrough in their walk with you, that, that wherever you have them, whatever you're teaching them, that you would bring breakthrough in that area. Whatever you've put on their heart to do and to be, bring breakthrough. Just pray for a season of breakthrough. And each one that's in this room, in our church, keep drawing us into yourself. Keep transforming us more and more into the likeness of Christ. I thank you that you constantly convince us that if we will obey you, that our lives will be filled with joy and that your glory will be made known. We love you, Lord. We trust you and we seek to honor you with the lives that we live. I just pray that we would be fully given over to obedience to your leadership, and that we would bring forth your glory by doing so. Just pray these things in Jesus' holy name, in the power, all the power that it contains. Amen.